the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and again, you can call us at 866-970-9622. And we're thrilled, as I promised earlier in the show, to have Sally Korchak from Elevest. And Sally led Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney's, and City Private as a CEO and was called the last honest analyst by Fortune Magazine. Uh, good morning, or I, I guess good mid-morning, Sally. <laughs> good good mid-morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being on our show. So you um, deal a lot with women and, or you know, with the, with the gap between women and yeah. Men and, 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 and the studies that you found about women and money, could you right. give us some insight to that? Sure. Um, you know, I worked for years and years in the investing industry in Wall Street. Um, and, you know, it was only a few years ago, though, that I began to recognize that most of our clients were men. Most of the clients of Merrill Lynch were men. Most of the clients of Smith Barney were men. Probably not too surprisingly, most of the financial advisors are men. We, of course, love men. We think men are right. terrific. Um, but the fact that women were not investing as much as men are, um, you know, is a problem for women. Uh, that the industry is not as geared towards serving women as other industries are. And it costs the women who are listening to the show hundreds of thousands, maybe for some of the millions of dollars over the course of their lives because they're not investing as much as men are. They're keeping their money in the bank. Um, and so I, you know, having spent my career in the traditional investing industry, went out and formed an investing platform for women, which seems like sort of a dumb idea. Uh, no, it really we, doesn't to me. I couldn't agree <laughs> with you more. Go ahead. It, it did to me. We, we really started to dig in on what are women looking for that's different from men. And a couple of examples, men, you know, the existing industry is all about outperforming and beating market indices. It doesn't often do it, but that's what it's about. Women aren't as interested in that. Women are interested in, can I invest in order to buy a house in five years? Can I invest in order to start a business in 10 years? Can I invest in order to retire well? So men are more, did I win? And women are more, did I achieve my goal, which is a fundamentally different way of investing. Hmm. That's interesting. That really is interesting, you know, because I, you know, I've been, I was just recently, maybe a couple of months ago at a, uh, a speaking engagement 
for women-owned businesses that made over a certain amount. And there was a, a lot of uh, there was a bunch of uh, venture capital people that were, were females, and they told me that maybe only five to ten percent of venture capital money is really ever lent to women. Oh, oh, even less for women-only teams. It's something like two and two and a half, to two and a half percent. And here's the here's the thing. It's not as though well, you know, male run businesses perform better. Women run businesses perform better. Women run businesses perform better by a lot, by something like sixty three percent according to first round capital. So women are terrific with money. Women run businesses outperform men run businesses. When you provide a woman with a loan, she's more likely to pay, pay it back. back. Right. When a woman builds well, she's more likely to put it into her community, into her family give it to nonprofits. So the ripple effect from getting women more money is is really enormous and one of the um, most important things we can do for our society. And and yet, because venture capital tends, you know, the um, partners of the venture capital firms tend to be 95% male because the financial advisors on Wall Street tend to be 86% male because the traders on Wall Street tend to be 90% male, all of those industries tend to be more of a closed club in which men are investing in men. What we're trying to do at Elevest is let's let's have women investing and in some cases investing in businesses run by women. Well I you know I think that's that's starting I mean I think that you're you were ahead of your times, but I think that for I think that there's gonna be more there's a lot more awareness about there's more awareness. Mm-hmm. It's not and I think that I, I'm kind of, and this is just an opinion, thinking that younger men are less likely to do that as they get older. That I, I, and I do think, as I know, I'm involved with a bunch of women who are trying to put some funds together to invest in women businesses. But, mm-hmm. but honestly, so. do you think it's because women really didn't grow up with mm. people talking about? In other words, they were, they're, 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 right? All right. So why don't you give us, because I just started to see that. And and what can we do to really start that to change? Well, you're singing my song. Um, In fact, if you go to com slash disrupt money, you know, we are writing about this, thinking about this, providing resources about this totally for free, by the way, all the time. Um, And you've hit the nail on the head. It starts when we're children. And, hey, Daddy, how much money do you make? We don't talk about that in our family. How much do we pay for our house? We don't talk about that in our family. It goes through to school. Do you know that boys make better grades in math than girls do for the same answers? For the same answers. Say that Um, again. Wait. When boys and girls turn in the same answers on a math test, the teacher will give the boy a better grade than a girl. Keep on going. How did that happen? I'm just just curious because that's not subjective. That's not subjective like an answer to an essay. Right. Eight times eight is 64. It either is or isn't. Remember, when you get into calculus, right, prove, oh. you know, prove this. Oh, right, right, right. A right. bit of subjectivity. Keep going. Keep going. You know, you go to the women's magazines, and, you know, there's lots about hot sex and ways to make your man happy. But when they talk about money, it's infantilizing. What is your money type? Um, don't buy the latte. You know, put the money in the bank. Instead, can you imagine if CNBC, if, you know, Jim Cramer turned to Dylan Radigan and said, what is your money type? It just, you know, we are infantilized <laughs> when it comes to money. Right. And as a result of that, if, you know, as women, 
Scotty, you know we're much more likely to go out together and speak about sex with each other than about money. And that's so true. That's you, true. Uh, but I, right? I mean, of course. That's the true. But but act. I also, you know, fall into the same thing. Look, I've built a great business. However, I've watched that I built and put everything into the business. I didn't take the time. And I see a lot of men who have businesses, built businesses, mm-hmm. or, or CEOs of businesses. They have 50 million other investments. And mm-hmm. I was just yeah. focused on what I did. And so yeah. now I look at that and I'm like, okay, why is that? And yeah. uh, I think part of it is, you know, of how we grew up and and exactly. uh, and and how okay. we. So I yeah. I kind of want to see how I can help if I with you like to help change that whole. Right. Well, I, you know, and and the fact that you are working, you said you're working with a group of women to invest in other women. These are the things that women who have done well can do to help the next generation if we wait for the guys as much as we love them as much as we love them if we wait for them to take that two percent of venture capital dollars they're investing in women and double it right which is a massive undertaking Mm -hmm. first of all we're going to wait for a long time and second of all it's not going to be that big an impact and so what can we women do you're doing what you're doing I'm doing what I'm doing to help women invest, but we women need to do something different. Other ideas, if, if you know, for your listeners who, ah, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't know how to invest in women businesses, talk to your nieces about money. You know, make it a more normal thing. Give them advice about asking for that raise. Talk to them about investing. Um, you know, your, the, the path that you took turned out to be successful for you. You focused on your business. It could have been a disaster. Because you were not diversified, and the gentleman who took right who took some. And by the way, it, you know the opposite happened to me. I had a lot. You know, my payment was in Citigroup stock back during the two thousand. Okay, we so what happened in two thousand? I'm trying to remember with the stocks Ooh. up or down. <laughs> well, in the two thousands, it went up into the fifties, and then in two thousand seven and eight, it went below one, below one. Okay, Um, and so that, you know, that lack of diversification, geez, if only we had been able to sell half of it and put it into, you know, a diversified investment portfolio. So when you're not diversified, maybe things will turn out well and that one investment will do really well for you as it has done for you. But for so many people. You know, a competitor comes in, Uh, you know, the business stumbles. No, but let me say this. For for most of my life, everyone thought, oh, so she has so much money. And the fact is I had so many loans. Okay. Well, and then I would see mm. clients of mine who were, you know, their education wasn't, you know, great or not great. It mm-hmm. was who invested, put money in real estate investments, put money in stuff. And really didn't have, didn't make a lot of money in what their business was necessarily, but made it in other things. So what, what can can somebody, if they go onto your, can they go onto your website and learn? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what will you help someone do and what type of women or what people should contact you? Right. So, so here's, here's what you should do. Go to www.elevestellevest.com. If you think, gosh, I don't know enough to invest, which is what a lot of women tell us, go to our Insight Center um, on the on the website or type in Elevest Go-Getter's Guide. There's um, literature Women, there. listen to this. Do me a favor. Say it again. I'm going to post it. And, of course, we have a Ion Real Estate uh, 
app at the App Store, which you can download for free, and so you can get this portion of it in case you're driving, which we don't want you to have a, any <laughs> mishaps. But give that, yep. it's Elevest, so, E-L-L-E-V-E-S-T. E-V-E-S-T dot com. And when you get to the site, I want you to go to the Insight Center, scroll down a little bit. There's, there's um, a guide there called the Go-Getter's Guide to Investing. It's the five things you should know before you invest. Um, so if you're thinking, gee, I don't know enough about investing, I have to go buy the 1,000-page book and learn what alpha is and learn what standard deviation is, you don't. Go look at that guide. That'll give you what you need to know. By the way, there's another guide on the book called Mind the Gap and Close It, which is the LFS guide to closing the gender, pay, the gender money gaps, right? Our pay gap, our investing gap, our debt gap, to try to help you make more money. And then at Elevest, if you choose to invest with us, which, you know, you can certainly go invest with someone else, what you want to do is you want to invest in a diversified investment portfolio, low cost, well, you know, below 1% is paying to, to invest. Um, that's riskier. It has more equities if you're younger, less equities if you're older. And make sure that you're investing with a fiduciary. A fiduciary is a company or individual who must put your interest ahead of theirs. So it's it's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's a diversified investment portfolio. No, you know what? You say that, and I know that it's really not, but I think, and I think the other thing that's wonderful about women is I think that people like yourself break it down so that women are not frightened by it because it's not that women don't, like, they know how to save that money. They know how to stretch the dollar. Uh, they will put money in a bank account. But I think it's the lack of knowledge, and maybe yes. it feels like gambling, yes. okay? Yes. And I know yes. for me, and I have to be honest, I uh, maybe back in, I don't know, when was the whole tech boom? I put money. Out early to them. Mm-hmm. Gosh. And then I had a broker who will remain nameless, who I said to her, listen, I said, you've got everybody. Because I started noticing that no matter what somebody's age was, mm-hmm. like if they were 60 or they were 30 or they were 20, they were all the same stuff. And I thought, well, that's not uh-uh. good because nope. obviously nope. the older you get, you, you, you probably right. want to be in safer investments. And anyhow, it crashed. I lost all my money. They did a uh. class action suit against her. I just couldn't do it because I knew her. But, but let me say this. What I think is most important for women who are listening to the show, and even men, because not all men really, you know, they say it's just women. But I, and, and I, I, you know, obviously it's more women than men, but there's plenty of men I know that really don't right. uh, know that. The best thing to do, I think, is to get comfortable. And like you said, if you go to com and you get familiar with that. Now, reading it doesn't even – reading it is helpful, but then having someone explain it like you're explaining it, which I'd love mm-hmm. you to come back on the show and, and that I, I – where you explain a little bit or maybe right. to, to women because I think – and men because really I do think there's men that do yeah. not – okay. Well, let, me, I, let me just. I want. I want to. I want to. I want to pause for a second. Cause I want to tell you the two mistakes you made. Um, one, the advisor you're with likely was not a fiduciary. Likely, um, the standard they were held to is they had to provide you with an investment that they viewed as suitable for you, not operating in your best interest. The second mistake is that um, it sounds like you were not in a diversified investment portfolio. With bonds, with stocks. No, I was. It sounds like you were too concentrated. I was a friend. It was somebody right? I knew. And and it also sounds like those investments were not personalized 
to you, which is something that we do through the use of technology at LFS and which any great financial advisor should be doing. So if you're following the look, and that fear can send you to the bank where you earn about almost nothing on your money, whereas opposed to since the 1920s, so through the, the crash of 1929, through the crash of 87, through the crash of 01, through the crash of 07, equities have earned on average annually 9.5%. A diversified investment portfolio, which has lower risk than equities, has earned about 6%. Those are life-changing amounts of money um, over the course of some period of time. And if you make investing a habit a bit out of every paycheck, then when the market goes down, you're, you, you might feel a little crummy about it, but the good news is you're buying on sale. That if you're investing every two weeks, you know, 1% out of every paycheck or 10% out of every paycheck, you know, when the market goes down, you're getting the stuff for cheaper. And what ends up happening is you even out your returns over time. So it doesn't feel super sexy. Oh, I bought, you know, Facebook at the IPO and look at what I did. But you're secretly smiling historically because you're just building up those returns over time. That's what's happened historically. Well, Sally, I, I just want to comment on that before you leave, because when I was probably in my early 20s or mid-20s, I worked for Merrill, and they had some kind mm. of a profit-sharing thing or some kind of 401k, and I didn't even have the money to put 10% in. So I put 5% mm. in, which... I was not making a lot of money. I was making a small amount of money that you wouldn't even miss if they took it out of my paycheck. Mm -hmm. So I never missed it because I didn't even get it. And you know what? Over time, that really added to a lot of money. And what I what I yes. think people think is, oh, gee, I have to be rich to invest. Yes. Okay, so yes. maybe just before you just talk about that, because it's really not that you have to be rich. That's how you get rich. Right. Super. You are making such an important point. So first of all, that's why at Elevest we have no minimum. That the Merrills and Morgan Stanleys, and it's, you know, I was a Merrill too, have two hundred fifty thousand dollars minimums, which is a little sexist, quite frankly, because more yes. men have got that amount of money than women do. At Elevest, we have no minimum because we want to make it as inclusive as possible. The second really important point you made. What you were talking about, gosh, I invested a little bit in my twenties, and look at what happened over time. That's the power of compounding. That's the power of, I just mentioned, equities go, you know, on average, have gone up 9.5%. You know, you do that one year. And then the next year, you know, again and again and again. And, and what people don't, it's hard for us to, to conceptualize is if you put in a dollar and in the next year it goes up 10% and you're on ten, the next amount of return you get, the next 10% is not on the original dollar, it's on the dollar ten, And then after that, it's on the dollar twenty one. Um, so that you earn money on the money you earned. And then you earn money on the money you earned on the money you earned. Um, and so over time, the, the dollars you can invest in your 20s um, and your 30s are much more valuable than your 40s, 50s, and 60s. That doesn't mean if you're in your 50s or 60s, don't do it. It just means that if you're younger, don't listen to somebody who says, wait till you're rich. Because a way, you, you know, a way historically you've been able to build wealth has been through investing. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I, I thank you so much. I hope you'll come on again. And by the way, everyone, um, go really just go on to the website. Okay. And that is, you want to give it to us again one more time before the break? 
Thank you. It's ellevest.com, E-L-L-E-V-E-S-T.com. Okay. It's for and women, but we love guys, too. Okay, and I'll post it on our – I'll post it so those of you who didn't catch it can get it. Thank you so much, and have a great weekend. You, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I mean, really, that is great advice. We'll be right back after – wait, 866-970-9622. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. And uh, what do you think, Brenda? You find the same? Yes. You find the same? You know, I I think that for most women, uh, not all, but most, I think that's... uh, really a tough thing and I know that I was always think it was like gambling and then after I I I said oh I'll stick to real estate because <laughs> real estate I kind of know and 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 but I think the whole thing is diversifying and getting educated and learning about it whether you decide to invest or not is secondary I don't think enough people talk about money to women Uh, Exactly. I don't think it's a conversation women have amongst each other. Uh, They might talk about clothes or they might talk about how much they work or they're making or their promotions, but they really don't talk about money. I don't know how many men do either. I don't know if it's men of us who are in the financial industry that do, but I do think that uh, whether you're a man or a woman, becoming more knowledgeable in investment and growing your money is a lot better. Look at the interest rates. I mean, really, if you if you put your money in the bank the last couple of the last ten years, eight years, I would have liked been putting it under a mattress where it exactly actually going backwards. So, so one of the good things about rates going up just now is that the returns on savings is going up. So that's a good thing about rates going up. But did you, I was actually... What are the rates now? Uh, What are the rates now, Glenn? Okay, for uh, loans under 400, it's about 4.625. That's um, half a percent higher than it was, you know, six months ago. Okay, so it's because, you know, in many headlines, it says mortgage rates, of course, it's drama. Mortgage yes. rates are surging to the highest level in seven years. Mm-hmm. How horrible yes. is that? And making homes more unaffordable. All right. Now, really? No. I've been in, in the business for a lifetime, and the rates now are low to me in, in general. Cause, you know, they, they were almost yeah. historically, I mean, it's still low. Right. Well, I was reading something this morning. 20, uh, in the 80s, they were as high as 18%. And it also... Works. And people bought houses and people made money Mm -hmm. and people and and sellers and buyers work together and figure it out. And I got to tell you, if you were a broker in those days, you really had to be creative and work for your money because you really had to sit down and everyone had to work together to figure out a way to do everything. So, Mm -hmm. yes. But I was, uh, did you know it was only 30, 30 years or so ago that husbands had to sign when a woman borrowed? Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? Only 30 years ago. Wow. 30 years ago. Well, I guess we've come a long way and we have a long way to go. Uh, and again, I am not, you know, I really am not. I, as I like men, I, I like women, and I really never grew up, <laughs> and I certainly have been successful, so I can't 
blame. You know, I can't say, you know, I'd always say to people, look, no man's going to make my destiny and no boss is going to make my – I've had good, bad, and indifferent. But I do think that it is harder and I do think that men and women do speak a different language in many ways. But I also yes. think that the younger generation is a little bit more open uh, you know, a little bit more open. I, I, I just see mm-hmm. a, you know, look, you know, they they used to call these women golf widows where their husbands would be playing golf all the time. And yeah. then they, of course, would be a widow because their right. husbands were never home. I never saw them. And um, I used to be at a country club that had that whole thing. And, and then the younger girls would come in and they're like, my husband's not playing golf. And you're not playing golf and you're staying home with the kids. And even if the women didn't work. It was a very different expectation than, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, so I think it's changed a lot, and I, and of course, everyone wants it to change more. But I think it's come a long way, and yeah. uh, I think a lot more has got to be done sooner, like in, in secondary school. You know, they should be taught about basic financing, building credit, you know, uh, saving, investing. I think well, that's kind of what younger. I really want to do also. I, I want to do teach um, entrepreneurship, uh, money. Yes, um, me too. Entrepreneurship, how to, how, to, how to learn about, because, you know, it's like math. I was never great at math. I mean, I'm not talking about adding and subtracting, but I hated trig and I hated all that stuff. And sometimes I would sit through a class and I didn't know what the heck was going on. And when you get frightened about something, you tend to just close down. So mm-hmm. I think if you can make things simple and, 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 and talk to people in a way that they understand, they don't close down and that's how they learn. And so, uh, but I don't even think that it's that complicated. I think that it just it's wasn't talked I think it wasn't talked about. Right. Exactly. That's what I think. I think it's a big hole. And... Uh, you know, now you can also lose money investing too. So I don't want to tell everybody of that, uh, you know, that's the way to make money and you'll never lose it. There's risk, but there is risk in doing nothing with your money. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. There is risk. Now, some people say, again, I don't have enough money to invest. Wait till I just don't. And that's the, I, that's the whole mistake because when I was, I went to Adelphi, uh, I went and got certified as a financial planner. And so all the people in the class were attorneys and a CFP, you know, CPAs. And I wasn't. And I said, well, I'm going to do it for the person that doesn't have any money. And they left in my face and they said, well, then you'll never make any money because mm-hmm. if you, do, well, the truth is I never went into the field. I went into real estate instead, but I, Used financial planning or used the background I had in it. And basically, it's not about how much money. It's kind of just taking a small amount and having a system and doing it where you don't miss it, you know, and mm. it doesn't, and, and over time it adds up. Exactly. Well, I've already um, sent my stepdaughters the Sally's Ellie Vest um, site and told them that I want to see them putting 1% to 5% of what they're earning into something. <laughs> That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I was reading this thing. I just wanted to ask your opinion. It says life lease for sale, and it was an article that said uh, – Irene raises $1.3 million to buy homes from seniors and let them retire there. And this startup promises to buy homes to help seniors age in place. Uh, 
Now, mm-hmm. again, I'm just reading this for, I read it last week. I just didn't have time to do it. 25 years into their mortgages, it says many seniors are cash poor but equity rich, meaning mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of disposable income, but they they have a lot of equity in their home. Yeah, they've built equity. And they say there's a new startup trying to help homeowners unlock that equity to stay in their homes as they get older. Mm-hmm. And it says this was launched in New Jersey three months ago. Hmm. We have to do right. our homework on this. I'm not telling you. Yeah, we to have to do, do homework. It will buy homes from seniors with the caveat that the seller retains the right to stay in their home for the rest of their lives. And Irene, which is what it's called, takes over all responsibility for mortgage payments, property taxes, and home maintenance costs, letting senior homeowners stay at home, reduce costs, and avoid time-consuming aspects of homeownership. Generally, some people receive cash up front. And I'm trying to understand that it's not an equity loan. It's kind um, of like a reverse mortgage concept. Well, re- uh, it, yes, it's a reverse mortgage concept. One wonders what happens when the seniors actually do pass well, on. Well, there's not enough details. The but by equity. the way, before you invest in Irene, uh, we should. Uh, I'm going to try to look up. When yes. so we can find out because it says if anything were to happen to Irene while homeowners who sold their homes to the company are still alive and living in their homes, they are protected in the contract. Well, I don't know enough about this, but here's what I'm telling you. It might be great. It might not be great. Uh, like we ha- you have to do your homework on something. Yeah. And what, and what kind of value are you getting for the for the sale, you know, compared to what it's. Yeah. Actually there's too worth. many loose. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's an interesting idea and certainly worth doing some homework. Yeah, well, I try to do homework on anything that I see that's new to see if I can uh, see if I can add some light on it. Now, Mm. I just wanted to tell you, since I told you a little about investing, I'm going to try to do a little about commercial investing, uh, a little because it's a big subject. but some big celebrity names invested in New York commercial real estate, LeBron James, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and they, uh, and they joint, they have joint ownership at 787 11th Avenue. Uh, they are investing in Hell's Kitchen office buildings. Well, there's nothing mm. wrong with Hell's Kitchen. Nope. That's it was for sure. not Hell's Kitchen anymore. And I had told you a little yesterday, last week, I think, that when you're looking for a property, whether it be an apartment or a home, and you you know you say, well, let me see if I can get it in, in a market that's up and coming, that's really not there yet, and how do I know when a market is up and coming? And I said there's usually construction going on, right, Jerry, right? right? And you'll usually see well, cranes I, and things like that. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you that here's the way to check it out uh, to see if you know because if you look at some of the areas that are off the wall now, expensive. You could have, you know, the people that really took the chance years ago to buy in these areas when they were iffy probably did their homework, and there was certainly a risk, but they probably did what I'm going to tell you to do now. Here's seven ways to tell if your construction is coming to your New York City neighborhood. And uh, so, one, you can pull a custom report and... um, Local city, localized cities, a new artificial intelligence-powered website that lets New York apartment seekers search any address and check public records for information about what it is like to live there, including data on current and future construction. Hmm. 
All right, now somebody asked me about air rights, this and that. So that's called localized city. I think we have a break, so I'll finish. And another data site you can write down is address report. Also tracks past, present, and potential future construction projects in your neighborhood. That's a good indicator. I like uh, that. Yeah, and also you might be able to see if something's going to be taking the view <laughs> that right. you are currently enjoying. Yes. Uh, let me finish this. We're going to talk about ways to tell if construction is coming to your neighborhood. We'll be right back after the break. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back and uh, we're almost out of time. So for the last few minutes, I thought I'd tell you to, you know, how to look for an area that you think is on its way up. Oh, that might be kind of a marginal area that you think you can get in cheap, but you think that you want to try to look at some signs to see that it's up and coming because those areas make a lot of money. And I said you can pull a custom report. Uh, and also you might want to see if a building you're buying, what's going on there, what kind of construction they're doing if you're buying into a, a building. So there's a report called Localized City. There's another data site called Address Report. That tracks past, present, and potential future construction projects in your neighborhood. It pulls from public data and finds nearby demolitions within the last year and uh, scaffolding. Hmm. You can look at landmarks. Uh, The city's Landmark Preservation Commission protects the city's historic and cultural significant buildings. And uh, you can get on the map and it shows landmarks as well as historic districts in all five boroughs. You can communicate with your community board. And uh, actually, uh, New York, I think a lot of people aren't familiar, but the city's has 59 community boards. Yep, and they're a good resource for They are. And now, I don't know how you'd find out. I mean, how would they find out what board they're on? Uh, I'll just put in the address and it'll tell you. Yeah, what okay. Board. And that's really a good thing to get involved with your board. Yep. Uh, they know I what's going on board. in the neighborhood. Each consists of up to 50 unsalaried members. And the board's main role is to take complaints from community residents, but they also play an adversary role in land use and zoning issues and are typically aware of projects that will require public approval. So you can find your local community board here, and it's always good to get involved and help out. I mean, uh, that's what community is about. And you might even find you, you know, when I got involved, it was probably after I've lived in this place for seven or eight years. But I love, I really met some great people in the community board. Yes, I really did. Do a block search in the city's department buildings has a searchable online database that is organized by the community board. It's called Building on My Block. That's Building on My Block. It has information on all new buildings, major alterations, and full demolition applications. So they also will show you applications where people have filed to do something. So you have an idea what's what's about to happen. Yes. Professional engineers and registered architects are required to submit simple 3D representations of new buildings and enlargements, and those diagrams are also available. So again, there's a lot of resources that I don't think many people know about. What did you say, diagrams? Yeah, it says that professional engineers and registered architects are required to submit 3D. Okay, 
representations so, of new buildings and enlargements. So that's important. And if those lo- diagrams will be available if you go on that site. That's a very good idea because there you can see what the impact of a view is going to be on your view. Yeah. Uh, impact of a building is going to be now. They say watch the road. Now this one's tough in New York City because they say street repair is also a consideration. Street repair—that's all we ever do in New York is street repair. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't seem it's like constant. it gets anywhere. No, they don't get anywhere, but they're constantly Seems ripping like it up. <laughs> resurfacing projects are typically short-term projects that take less than a month. Oh no, they don't uh, resurface. In New well, York. I, I don't know. I, I just think uh, the city really needs to step it up a bit, Mayor. Okay. Um, in both cases, once the street has been repaired, it becomes a protected street for five years. And the Department of Transportation will not issue a street opening permit there. Keep well, an eye on public works. Wait a minute. Once it's repaired, you're saying they won't open it up again for five years? The type of work that may give a newcomer pause is street reconstruction, which replaces over a foot of the roadway below the street surface. Yeah, they never do that. And no. usually includes reconstruction of the curbs and sidewalks. Yeah, I've never seen well, that. Well, they really don't. No, they don't do that. All right, no. so skip it. No. But the point is, they should. I, I had a friend come in from out of town, and we were driving down in New York, and he said to me, What's what's wrong with this street? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, are they tearing it up? I'm like, oh, no, it's always like this. It's just, it's unbelievable. And map the future. Map property sharks, map tools, and you can, and, and, and to see which building owners have sold off their air rights. Because we had a question last week mm-hmm. about air rights. Right. So Patrick's if you go right. on property sharks map tool, they'll tell you what buildings sold their air rights, which could give you an idea of what's... Of, of who might be building. Who might be building. I'm going to try to get you in, Joe, but it's kind of towards the end of the show. But Joe from Southampton, my favorite place in the Hamptons. Not Up Island, but okay. Hamptons. Happy to <laughs> Thanks for calling in. What's your question? Joe? Hello? Yes. Your big moment. Go ahead. Yep. Okay. I have, I have um, um, a right... Uh, intestate rights to a property in, in Southampton. I took the house down because it's um like it's on Pulaski Street by Elm. Okay, I know and, where that um, is. I, I I know it was quickly because the show's almost ending. God, so you have the okay, you okay, took the okay, house okay, down. Okay, yeah, we took the house down because the building manager, the uh, building people told us to take it down, and um, it's just the property. I want to sell it. Uh-huh. But I don't want to sell it because I got a lot of ears. I want what I want to do is I want to go in with an investor to build a spec house, which they did next door, and sell that, and then split that money with the heirs and then walk. Oh, so you think you would get more if you went into partnership with somebody and developed it? If I sell it, just the property, I'm not going to get no money. I think I kids. think that's a good idea. Can you leave your email and, or a number I can get a hold? You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for somebody, maybe like you, to um, you know, maybe Farrell build it or some some builder. Yeah, somebody sells it. That's okay, I think that's for. a good idea. Why don't you leave me away? I can get a hold of you next week, Monday. Yes, you can. I'll give you my information. Off well, here. give it to the 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 guy. You don't have to give it on air. Just give, give it, it to, to the, the producer. The, yeah. the, okay. Also. Also, there's one caveat with it. What's that? Um, we're African Americans, you know, but a lot of African Americans live out there. Uh, a, a, a title searcher approached one of the members and bought the shares to one slice of the pie. Wait, what? So what? And they bought a slice. They bought. They sold a share. One of the members. One what of the heirs. 
sold shares. How could he sell shares to land? Well, let me say this. It doesn't matter what you are. That is not, that's irrelevant. But what does matter is that you have free and clear rights to sell this property and that you can build something on it. And I wouldn't know that until I see what you have. Yeah, it's, it, the, the number is uh, 53 Pulaski. Well, okay. Well, so listen, leave your information for the producer, and Dottie will give you a call. And if anybody knows how to find him. Yeah, we'll find it. out what you have and yeah. what you can sell. Because if somebody gave something away, you still have to, yeah. you know. I don't know I don't know what the plot is, but I'll take a look and I'll let you know. Just leave me your information, okay. Joe. And thanks for calling I'll in. I'll do that. I'll do All right, have a great weekend. I like the way he's thinking, though. You know, try Good to, thinking, though, but yeah, that's Try to creative. find a partner and improve it and see if you can maximize it. Because if you have land and you can't afford to build on it, but you yeah. think the value is going to be more when you do build on it, and that's no, a great thing. Yeah. You'll always find somebody who's a, maybe a builder or somebody right. who's some cash and you can split it. So that's being very creative. But what you have to do is really look at the zoning and look at what and what you can build and on the sale that of property. shares. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not term, either. But, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out for you. Yeah. We'll do it. So, anyhow, I was finishing with the rights, and I said, if you want to find about air rights, we had a call last week. So, if you go to Properties Sharks Map Tool to see which building owners have sold off their air rights then you will be able to find, and then you can kind of figure out where yeah, it's going to go. Yeah, if because if you see that one building has bought the air, air rights, or what we call, lawyers call it joint development rights, to three contiguous lots, then either they're just trying to block uh, people from developing to preserve their view, or if the building is low and doesn't need to preserve the view – then there's only one reason somebody would be doing that, and that's because they plan to build up. So that's a very good indicator of what's to come. Okay, now Ace is not here, so I might, Glenda, but I might repeat this next week because I just think this is something right up his alley. But listen. Let's hear the royal wedding. This is from CNBC. Mm-hmm. Ribbon mm-hmm. offers home buyers and sellers cash backing just in case the mortgage doesn't go through. Ribbon is not a lender, but it does underwrite potential home buyers in a lender's world. And uh, it is being backed by Greylock Bain Capital. Uh, mm-hmm. Ribbon charges the buyer 1.95% of the purchase price if the mortgage comes through the sale closes. I didn't. It's a startup, and it aims to help almost any home buyer make an all cash bid. Now, oh. okay. Oh, now again, mm-hmm. I like to when I read articles that I haven't investigated yet. To, like, tell you we're investigating it because right. I don't know. I mean, it's a new thing. It says Ribbon will only back single-family homes with sale prices, Glenda, between a hundred and 600000 Okay, okay. It said if there's it's- a problem with the mortgage, such as the home not appraising high enough, Ribbon buys the home and allows the client to rent until the, they are able to purchase it. Wow. Ribbon charges 2.95% of the original price. If the consumer... Mm. I'd have to do some homework, but it's fascinating how many of these interesting ideas, you know, that are, are coming up, you know, for to help people obtain and retain yeah. homes. So for, right. some, for, for a fee, basically, they'll convert your offer into a, a, a non-condition all-cash offer and take the risk out of the financing. 
Right. Yes, now, again, what we're trying to do is, Glenda, you know, maybe you can also do some homework. We're trying to find yeah, out what these homework. products are so that we can... I mean, some of them might be great, but some of them might not be. Yeah. I really don't know. So we're not mm. endorsing anything here. I'm endorsing Citizens Bank. Yes. Uh, that yeah. I endorse. Uh, but you. I'm not endorsing. These are new, and they could be great, but I think everyone with new things, really, with anything, you do your homework. We really need to. So exactly. I was wondering if you had heard anything about it. No, I haven't, but I'm just, I've just looked it up while you've been talking. You know, it's like supercharge your bid. So I, I need to do some homework on it for you. I will do that. Would you let us know, Glenda? Yeah, definitely. I'll do it. And if, if it's not me on the show next week and it's Ace, I'll give him some, the preparation. Um, but it's interesting. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, it's there's so many things cropping world. up, right? Yep. So, fascinating. Yes. Glenda, thanks so much. Stay uh, dry. That's and my see you soon. pleasure. I love coming on. We love having you. See you soon. Stay dry and have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.